0: Coming into our second hour here on WMUA Amherst. And this is the barbarian in question here that's going to lead you into. And we're going to be paying for our sins of the last hour when we were just going on about this and that. We are broadcasting from WMUA Amherst, the big crystal ship. We're actually right now floating over Amherst, Massachusetts, but we might be going around the valley. It's kind of like Wonder Woman's plane, if you remember that. It was invisible. So if you look up on this butte, I mean, has there ever been a better day to be in the valley than today? I really don't think so. If you look right now, outside your house, look up in the sky. We're floating. Now, not whaling today, but my buddy Greg Smith, who teaches over at Smith College. And we'll be moving this crystal ship all over the valley. So keep your eyes open, all right? Do not be alarmed. We come in peace. We come in peace. We're in the valley, but we mean you no harm and we're going to be talking today about happiness so i'm sure you're going to want to listen to that we're going to sort happiness all out and it's interesting because uh greg is i think the happiest person i know i think it's possible he's the happiest person i know he's laughing but he's not mic'd right now um so he's, uh, and, but I think this is actually a, perhaps a weakness of his, his happiness. because <laughs> He may not totally understand the unhappiness of the American political body, but this is something we've been debating for years. And we're actually going to kind of do a little bit of focus on a book that I've mentioned before on the show, which is Tribe, which is by Sebastian Younger, who's written so many cool books, including The Perfect Storm and War. And the subtitle of this is On Homecoming and Belonging. And so all of these issues of isolation and loneliness and all this stuff that we kind of grapple with. Now, I actually am coming off a really tribal experience myself. I was in the high desert of New Mexico, above Espanola, New Mexico, and had on all white and was doing meditation for eight hours and camping out with my beautiful wife and doing yoga. I'm not really... I know this is radio, so you may not understand this, but if you were to see me, you'd be like, yoga? Yeah, I'm not exactly a yogi. Let's just put it that way. I'm a racquetball guy. I'm a big racquetball guy. But, you know, I'll do it. And I tell you, the experience of being in the desert and feeling connected to people... And letting all of those uh, prejudices drop and just kind of being with people is just tremendous. So I'm just so happy that the episode I'm coming back to is going to be talking about this. You know, how do we find, how do we reconnect with one another in a non-self-selecting way? And how do we be of service? And how do we feel important in this world? Now, that's so key. Now, our text number is going to be 413-200-8186. Now, my wife keeps telling me I don't say that enough. But it does feel awkward, so I'm going to say it some more, but I'm going to want you to go and grab something and write it down, okay? Text in line is 413-200-8186. One more time, but this means if I say this thing three times and no one texts in, that's really hard on me, so I'm, I'm expecting people to text in now. Even if it's, like, bad, I could, I could deal. I can work with bad. I can't work with nothing. 413-200-8186 is the text in line and then the call in line is 413-545-3691 413-545-3691 is the call in line this is WMUA Amherst and we'll be back in just a minute we're going to kind of move around but Greg and I have always had these awesome conversations So, and we're, we're, we're like I think we like each other um, but we have the, like the friendliest arguments so we'll be back in just a minute We're coming back. We're coming back in the studio. Now, I do have a correction to make, and (laughs) Greg, you're on now. So, Greg, explain the correction.
1: Uh, Yeah. uh, My name is Greg White, and I teach at Smith College, but oftentimes, for many years now, people have introduced me as Greg Smith uh, all the time. I did. did Actually,
0: you've been in my classroom multiple times, and I write it on the board, Greg Smith. Yeah, but it's just, I, do, uh, I don't
1: know, Smith, five letters, white, five letters, you know, I think that's, it's just, it's... It's yeah. hard, it's yeah, hard, yeah, it's, but it,
0: but we're just going to call you Greg, okay? <laughs> that works,
1: that works fine. But
0: uh, I, I, the other thing is, I actually have a friend named Greg Smith, who lives in there Los Angeles, so maybe a little bit more excuse, but, but not a lot. Now, Greg, we're going to talk about happiness and tribalism and stuff like that, but... You're an expert, you're a political science professor, and your area of expertise is the Maghreb, right? Yeah. Was that, is that how you say it, the Maghreb? Maghreb, yeah. Yeah, Maghreb. Maghreb, which is North Africa. Countries of North
1: Africa, yeah, And is that the Mediterranean.
0: just, yeah, uh, is that like a, mostly an Arab studies thing
1: then? Uh, it can be, yeah, yeah, in some areas, although, the, you know, in uh, Morocco and Algeria especially, in, in Northwest Africa, there's a significant Berber population, okay. Tamazik population, that's not Arabic or Arabophone, so... Uh, yeah. So Are it's Egyptians not, it's not, it's not Arab it? studies, you know, per se. Are Egyptians, sometimes they're included in the Maghreb, but usually not. Oh, they're not. Usually not. They're part of North Africa. Yeah. But the Maghreb is, they're part is, of the Middle East. Maghreb means literally in Arabic, the West, where the sun sets. Okay. So in the Arab world, in the region, it's the Western part of the region. So Northwest Africa. So Egypt's, you know, Central.
0: Sure. Yeah. Well, there's these kind of distinctions that we make. You know, yeah. I teach they're Middle all Eastern artifacts. and. and they're all, they're it's, all, it's
1: all constructs that we yeah. use.
0: So. I mean, you can't teach Middle Eastern history without Afghanistan, you know, for example, which is yeah, South Asia. Yeah, but a lot of people
1: say that Afghanistan's, not, I mean, is right. not part of the Middle it's East. It's South Asian. Yeah, South Asian. It's Asia, in South Asian so. studies, but and
0: yeah. Pakistan for that matter too. Yeah. You just can't teach it. Right. So there's these things that we graft onto totally. the world as a, as a handle.
1: As, as easy, easy. Uh,
0: you know, easy ways of thinking about things. Exactly, trying to think about things. But we but. we have, I've had you in my Middle Eastern class a couple of times with the students, and so yeah, I got to tell you, it's great to be on the radio show
1: because I, you're you're awesome, and I, I just didn't know that you had this you know uh, life as a as a radio DJ down, down And I love WMUA. Cool, um, but you know, um, yeah, you, well, you, thank you you always surprise me. Well,
0: thank you. Yeah. I try to surprise. I yeah. try to surprise myself because otherwise. Malaise sets in. <laughs> Does you it? know.
1: Although well, yeah. this trip to New Mexico, you got it. say again, what did you
0: learn? Yeah. So, What, did, what was the
1: takeaway here? Well, I've been what, six what can you bring times. Back? What can you bring back and share with us from your New oh, Mexico it's just, jaunt? It's just so
0: interesting. My wife and I talk about this. Now, we have two young kids. Uh-huh. And those kids, Rockwell and Harper, are just awesome. Sure And they, are. they get me up at 5.30 every morning. There's that too. And, you know, also are like... Really have a ton of needs and stuff like this. Now, my wife and I, we decide that our vacation will be to go into the desert of New Mexico and wake up at two thirty every morning. <laughs> two thirty every morning for something called sadna, which is this morning like prayers and music and awesome. yoga. Awesome. And stars you know, and moon. Maybe, I mean, two thirty yeah. in the yeah, morning. Yeah, yeah, you're outside in other and words. cold. Yeah, you know because yeah. the desert's really cold at yeah. that time, and that's what we do. To, for our vacation, you know, and I think that's, you know, I'm so blessed that my wife has introduced me to that practice. It's and smashing. by the way, it's, it is interesting. I'll just tell the listeners that it's a, it's, it's called Sikh Dharma and it's, it's Yogi Bhajan and it's, it's a combination of Kundalini, White, Kundalini, excuse me, Kundalini, White Tantric and Sikhism.
1: Uh-huh. And
0: Sikhism is a really interesting religion, right? It's in that pocket between, you know, Hindu India and Muslim Pakistan. It's, it's actually very, um, work related it's very tribal related uh-huh. it's very um it's a warrior class and so that i relate to very much and so it's you know, while yoga can be kind of a classically feminine thing the sikhism is very masculine and it's just all moving around it's really cool that sounds great but what i take it away awesome. from it is that i would like to stay you know and <laughs> come back kind of i mean um, except for the I don't, two kids that are back here well and England, i could bring yeah. the kids oh yeah that's true and people do yeah. they take vows but what? they're not encouraged to stay. Like right. in that community, you're encouraged to go out and have a house somewhere and be in society. They, it's not like something where you're kind of behind these high walls. That's just not the, the premise of it. But since we're talking about tribe. But, but what's,
1: what's, the, what's the bumper sticker? Like what, you know, what's the, what's the soundbite here that, you know, hmm. I learned in New Mexico last
0: week. Okay, know, how boom, about instead of I bing. learned, I confirm, reconfirmed okay. because it's always been the same for me. That when I am forced into austerity, I am happy. Mm -hmm. When I am forced into relationship, I am happy. Mm -hmm. When I am forced into work, I am happy. Mm -hmm. These are the things that make me happy: relationship and work. And you
1: said there, there's a lot of connection with others, and you know. Well, that's right. Yeah,
0: that's that's you know, you're because you have to connect with other people, and then my my. Guards and defenses drop, and I recognize. Now, of course, we're all up there—two thousand people, twenty-five hundred people. What? Yeah, no, it's a lot of people. Oh, I thought you were talking about. Okay. No, it's twenty-five hundred people, it's a, it's a, and it's a, it's a, a crowd. it's a camp. Yeah. It's a it's a big uh-huh. shelter and a camp, and yeah. it. Well, no, it's not a conference okay, center. Just me. to be really yeah. clear, because yeah. it, there's nothing luxurious about this oh, right. situation. Okay. And I actually I'm glad we're talking about it because it really does relate to what. Tri- the book tribe it is does. about, and Younger it is does. talking about, because this is not a yoga retreat. Okay, that's uh-huh. not what it is. It's really austere. The food really basic. You're meditating for nine hours a day in very painful positions. Sometimes, <laughs> you know. And I'm very my happy hurt just thinking oh, about it. Yeah. It's it's, yeah. it's really hard, and I'm yeah. not I'm not a master of it, though yeah. my wife is. And you're really forced into a position. I actually had this idea for a um, a resort in America, which would be a jail. You know, people would turn themselves into a jail. Okay. You know, they would be the dieting wing. Different. They'd be the dieting wing of the jail, right? <laughs> like, just just push them, whatever food, through the slot, you know, because that's the thing, uh-huh. is that. Or there's other parts of the jail,
1: you solitary confinement.
0: Up. Yeah, I thought yeah. it up because. What do, you, what do you do for fun? This is. <laughs> this is it. This is it. But, you know, because. And so, and let's just talk a little bit about Tribe, because, sure. Sebastian, let's talk. Let's set up the conversation a little bit before we get into this aspect how would you describe this book oh gosh
1: Um, well as you mentioned he's a you know he's this journalist who's uh, you know written a lot of outstanding books and I I really enjoyed Perfect Storm some years ago and uh, and he also was responsible for the film Restrepo or the one of the you know one of the creative forces behind the film Restrepo and uh, he was embedded as a journalist with uh, with soldiers in Afghanistan Returns home, and in the aftermath of returning home, comes to grips with um, fully. I mean, even more fully than I guess he already had been before with the alienation and uh, the disassociation in American society in yeah. modern modern um, uh, today in modern society. And he uh, he it's a lament. It's a lament for that loss. And in this book, he takes it back to tribalism. I mean, he really into Native American um, culture. Um, there may be some con- constructing again, some, you know, he's, he's, he's imagining or reinventing, you know, sort of maybe romanticizing what it was like to be in Native yeah. um, uh, American tribes. But whether or not he's doing that too much, uh, I, you know, that's that's an interesting question in its own right. But whatever, he, whatever it is, there was a connection in those smaller, primitive, quote-unquote, primitive societies, early societies that modern society has taken away.
0: Yeah. And, and, and I mean, whether and he he's, laments that. whether he's romanticizing it or not, yeah. the point he makes that was told to him was that there was no recorded records of people in native American tribes running into right. European colonial society and embracing it. it was Whereas way around. there was a lot of Europeans that would either run into tribal society, you know, or right. get kidnapped but then not want to go not back. Not come back. You know, Quana uh, Parker was the last chief of the Comanches. His mom was, so he was actually part European, part Comanche. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. His mom was kidnapped at the age of 11 or something like that and was brought into the Comanches and was married into the Comanches or what have you. And quana Parker is a great, and by the way, there's a great book called Emperor of the Summer Moon if you mm. ever want to read about the Comanches who were really f- very fearsome mm-hmm. People, I mean, really fierce, f- fierce, scary fighters, I mean, right. brutal. Right. And um, she eventually was rediscovered, and they brought her back in. And she tried to escape two or three times back wow. into the Comanche, and I think she ended up essentially killing herself because she so loathed what the European society. And I don't want to take it too far, but yeah. the point is, is that again, that there's no record of people escaping into European societies. There's a lot of record of people escaping out. And so that's almost like the kernel of the book, right I think so, I think so, and I, I, the, the you know as
1: I was reading it, I kept thinking about um Rousseau um, yeah. Jean Jacques Rousseau and his writing about how uh, you know modern society was in decline from a imagined period of a noble savage, and that Modernity, you know, sort of modern society. He was writing, of course, in the 18th century, in the 1700s, that modern society had stripped people of these kinds of connections. And it was, for him, it was this decline. It was a declensionist narrative that was just everything had been good and modernity was bringing us down.
0: So when when would he put the beginning of modernity then? Oh,
1: you know, I guess if he's writing in the 1740s, 1750s, 1760s, you know, I I don't know, with the beginning of market relations in the sixteen hundreds and the fifteen hundreds. Okay. You know, so I think for him it was a critique of market society and European bourgeois
0: Yeah, that's um, interesting too because society. he you know, you could totally go further back, right? right? You could just say, Well, as soon as as soon as you left nomad is when things really went bad, yeah, right? Yeah, like civilization itself is hierarchical. Yeah. You know, it it establishes this ap- apparatus. Tribes cannot be that hierarchical. They just literally cannot. No one can gain that much power in a tribe because they can't control the other people in the tribe. Right. It's like controlling someone in your family. <coughs> They're just not possible. And that's right. this book I'm also reading now, which I think is really good Blood and Thunder, which is about hmm. Kit Carson in New Mexico. Cool. And the Navajos, excellent book, talks about this too. And that the. Americans couldn't understand that. When they were dealing with Native American tribes, they just said, well, like, who's in charge here? And the Native Americans would be like, essentially, like, what do you mean? I guess I'm in charge. What are you talking about? Right. Like, there's no one right. in charge here. That's not how tribes work. There's not a president of a tribe because there's no apparatus and hierarchy by which you can control millions of... One person can control millions of people. Uh-huh. They just... The technology's not there. So... um you know, this was a big stumbling block in dealing with treaties and stuff like that because, and I think actually is similar in Afghanistan, is my understanding too, Mm, mm -hmm. that um, the Americans want to deal with the tribes of the Kandahar region or whatever, the Pashtunis, and the Pashtunis don't have that kind of authority. They can't speak for all the other Pashtunis because that's just it's just not how it works. There's um, an elder who's listened to more than others. Same with the Arabian society. Mm -hmm. You know, the Bedouin society you'd have somebody who would kind of like get consensus going. That was about it. There's no fiats from above that the way European society has been really good at doing, right? Not just European, yeah. Chinese, you know, ancient Chinese society. But that comes with job specialization and excess food and all of that stuff, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think when he looks at modern society, when Younger's looking at, you know, contemporary society today, he just, he's, he grieves. I mean, there's a grieve, yeah. there's a grieving going on. At the ways in which we're isolated from each other, the atomization, sort of the this kind of lack of connection, that is too, too easy, and it's paradoxical, of course, because we often feel that we're deeply connected because of these, you know, right. devices like phones and and uh, you know, it's just it's and the internet. Of course, we're of course we're connected, but he looks at it and sees a lot of alienation and loneliness, aloneness.
0: Well, it's interesting and, uh, too, and he's, I, and he's sad for it. Sure, and I think that sad about it. There is this. I in some ways. I would, you know, like him to be in the room because one, <laughs> one way I would challenge him is, although I would, I might have his answer too. Possibly, I would say, "Well, I see a ton of tribalism. Right. I see so much tribalism, actually." And it's interesting. I was in the Harley Davidson store in West Hampton the other day, and I don't know if buying a bike. Well, not really. I mean, it's, oh, it's you should buy a bike. Come on. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, first of all, you know how expensive Harleys are now. I mean, <laughs> I it was like no a idea. museum. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, that store looks really small until you get inside it's right. huge, uh-huh. and harley Davidson huge. huge well, that's what I have to say I have a lot of trumpisms <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> my hands huge. like I don't know <laughs> if it's twenty years in New York, but I do this with my hands that finger thing that's good I say huge all the time yeah, that's huge. Tremendous. tremendous like it's he's a New Yorker, and I'm Stupendous. an ex New Yorker too, yeah. so that doesn't mean we're politically aligned, but um, we're both charlatans of a kind, perhaps <laughs> you know fast talkers but that brand, Harley-Davidson, is so impressive. You know, it's an, it's an amazing brand from uh-huh. when I was a kid, where yeah. it was, it kind of it had dipped. Right. And now, boy, you it really is like a museum on there. And bikes oh, are $40,000, you know, the, the like, high-end bike. I don't know if I could do it for safety reasons. Right. It's but, crazy, crazy unsafe. But that's an interesting, just Harley-Davidson's interesting, because that's a tribe of a kind, right? Right. You go up uh, 202 and, and, and uh, past Amherst and stuff like that, and there's groups in... That are tribed up, right? And even if they're not tribed up with, you know, if there's six or seven riders, but they see other riders on the road, have you ever noticed the signal they give each other? Mm. They'll, like, drop their... Have you ever seen this? No. Yeah, yeah, look closer. Because their accelerator, their throttle's on their right, and they'll put their arms out to the left kind of straight. It's a a way of saying hello to other motorcyclists. Uh uh And they generally will do it. Um, You know, so I would say... I would ask Sebastian if he was in the seat. I'd say, hey, look... um, what about the Harley Davidson crowd? Isn't that a tribe of a kind? And now it's all. What's interesting to me is it's predicated on purchase. It's enmeshed with consumer capitalism, and I don't know if that kind of so, so can compromises you imagine, it.
1: Can you imagine a tribe that's not based on like people who own a boat down in a marina? You know, or people you know, so people have a common passion, a common. I'm sure you can. I mean, you know, we can think of well, think about musicians. Think about you know people make connection and forge connections with each other. You know, this is where I would push back against Rousseau or somebody like Younger's in his okay, argument. Okay, push back, but just to say that you know, it's there's definitely a lot of aloneness and loneliness, and there's definitely a lot of isolation and you know, lack of connection. Absolutely, I mean, we, there's no and there's no denying that in in capitalist society, there's a lot of alienation. You know, people from each other, people from the work they do, um, but people people still do forge connections friendships exist friendships occur um, sometimes with similar people sometimes with dissimilar peoples you know people you know who you know reach across sure. whatever you know it could be a class divide it could be ethnicity it could be Blub. religion you know people forge friendships with unlikely people all well, the time well we need
0: to look at that I think almost separately because I actually think and as we were, we, Greg and I biked over on Valley Bike Share together Valley Bike rocks yeah, it's really can exciting. I say First that I to say, can I make rocks a commercial rocks is not for, a swear yeah but no I mean
1: Valley Bike am I allowed to plug Valley Bikes
0: uh, yeah I think so
1: <sighs> it's cool I was a Valley Bike virgin until today yeah. and, and it's the way to go I'm gonna, neat. I think I'm going like, to get
0: a membership every day. Yeah. It's just I mean way. it's
1: perfect for you. Well, it's also a beautiful day too. That kind of helps as a top, I mean, 10, day. Really yeah. a top it's, 10 day. I mean yeah. it is really a
0: top 10 day. Maybe a top 10 day of the decade, yeah. honestly. <laughs> and there's so many people out on the bike path. have a t- No, it's a top 10 day of the year. Yeah, well definitely it is that. Yeah, that. And yeah, it's it's really decade, it's a right. it's a blessing to live where we live. Yeah. Yeah. Um now beautiful. to come back for okay, a second. Where are we? And so it's is that I just had a thought about like the Harley Davidson. And by the way, if you're out there listening and you want to kind of chime in on this, like maybe you ride a Harley Davidson (laughs) and maybe you could call in and tell us, maybe you ride alone. Maybe you ride with other people. (laughs) I'd be curious um, what your take is on this. And our call in line is 413-545-3691. That's 413-545-3691. Is the difference, all right, I'm just posing this. So I'm Sebastian Younger and I'm sitting in the seat. And you're talking about what people are making connection. And I say, well, listen, that's hobbyism. You know, Mm -hmm. owning a Harley is a hobby. And it's this little escape where you can kind of feel, you can feel a lot of the aspects of being in a tribe, but you're forking over money and it's only on Friday evening and Saturday morning or whatever it is. It's a step away. Whereas to really feel the benefits of being connected and tribal is got to be like not the 20% after you've done your work. It has to be in the 80% of your actual existence. Otherwise, yeah, you're at the marina, you're on your Harley, but you know that in some ways it's like putting on a cowboy hat and cowboy boots and going to the OK Corral kind of thing. (laughs) Do you you see what (laughs) I mean? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, that's a good point. That's a good pushback that, you know, it's it's still nevertheless the vast bulk of our times you know, as, as workers, as, you know, as, as employees, as, you know, in our day-to-day lives, we can be deeply, we are often deeply alienated from each other. Well, and 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 not just time, I would
0: say, but like, listen, one of Younger's arguments is, is that people are happiest when they feel necessary. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. like, I think that that's like a cornerstone of the argument in this book is that, so if I'm I'm, I'm with my friends riding a Harley that's cool but it's not a ne- necessary I'm not, I'm not, I don't feel useful yeah. I'm not a, like an officer on a motorcycle like tracking down the bad guy like I can't suspend my disbelief that much mm-hmm. it's good but it's not society isn't turning to me and saying thank you You know, I have that a little bit as a high school teacher. Right. Which makes teaching, and I'm sure you have it as a professor. Uh, It makes teaching so satisfying. And it's interesting, some of the most satisfying jobs in the United States are the lowest paying jobs, Mm -hmm. I would argue. Mm -hmm. You know, nursing, officer, um... teacher public school teacher firefighters you know these jobs are not cash cows right but I think in a way there's an understanding of like yeah we're not going to pay you first of all there's probably a lot of reasons why we're not going to pay you a lot but one of the reasons is because we don't have to because this is a a life choice this Mm -hmm. is a life decision Mm -hmm. and you're getting fed otherwise your meaning is intact you don't have to sit there questioning why am I doing this you're not in an office trying to figure out like what does my company do and why am I doing it Uh, you're not disconnected and so even when I have bad days as a teacher and even though my paycheck isn't very large I never doubt that on overall that I'm benefiting society and that people see that and that I have relationships with these kids and I'm helping them grow up and that's such a that really puts my mind at ease so why then does this book Tribe
1: resonate with you I mean your own experience Mm -hmm. your own lived experience is one where you do feel connection and useful you know useful Usefulness, a kind of usefulness.
0: Um, well, I think I could answer that a couple ways. One way is I could say um, that, that for more people, and uh-huh. that I actually see that as a coming issue, and especially with work automation, things that we've talked about before, I'm concerned about my kid's generation. Right. Not right. your kid's generation so much, but my kid's generation. Yeah. You know, Harper's seven, Rock is three, 20 years from now, how Automated, And then it's going to be even harder to pretend that you're necessary.
1: And I, and I agree with that, too. And you think about, you know, when we think back 20 years ago, right, and where the Internet has come in the last 20 years since the late 90s, you know, Facebook wasn't invented, Twitter wasn't invented, so much, you know, Skype, you yeah. know, all these things that we now use. I keep thinking, like, what are we going to have 20 years from now that's going to make us? Yeah. Remember back when we had Skype? What a joke Skype was! Exactly. Right? Right. You know, it's like, what is it going to be? And so, it's it's I mean, self-driving so, un- so cars.
0: Yeah. Which is going to eliminate death on the roads and put four million people out of work. Yeah. You know, what is the consequence of that? Hmm. And you know, the two weeks ago, Waylon and I were on talking about guaranteed income. Mm-hmm. Or no, that was actually about five weeks ago. We're talking about guaranteed income, which is Silicon Valley's new idea for how to deal with this issue. and Andrew it's, Yang. Uh, it's just tin ear, it's tin ear city. <laughs> you know, it's just like you really don't understand that it's not money, it's that people, and this is, again, this is a very much a younger argument, which is people need to you feel- You mean this younger? Yeah. No, not younger, yeah, not Y-O-U-N-G, yeah, you know, yeah, but
1: Sebastian Younger.
0: Yeah, that, yeah. It's, that people need to feel necessary. And when you look at it, mm-hmm. if you don't feel necessary in a, in a group, then your existence is questioned, actually. Like, right. why, we, why are you here? You know, so in some biological deep way, there could be a high level of anxiety that, like, I'm actually not necessary. So this group's going to leave me behind, actually, and then I'm going to die. So how
1: do we how do we change it? Because also, as we were biking over on Valley Bikes, Valley Bikes, uh, another another shout out for Valley Bikes. you know, biking over we're talking about Marx and yeah. so young Karl Marx you know uh, you know in the, in the 1840s was writing about alienation and capitalism it was part of at the heart of his criticism of capitalism what it does to the individual it just sort of wrecks people's lives and family um, units and this was before the Communist manifesto you know but you know right around the same time period and family and just connections to each other and so in some ways you know younger Sebastian younger is writing as a Marxian not as a Marxist but as a Marxian without without invoking Marx that's right you know he said you know this is the, the, the modern society is doing this to us and he's writing it I can't do the math 160 years 170 years after Marx was writing it yeah. in the 1840s um, you know so what how do you change it is do you, Revolution would be, you know, hard to, well, hard to fathom. Well, you can and it be, be uh, Luddites.
0: The Luddites okay. went around smashing equipment, right? right. And the, during the Industrial Revolution, people actually went into factories and smashed equipment. Mm. People who were in guilds and people who were handmaking things would go in and smash equipment. Mm-hmm. A way, you know, a we, way can, of protest, we can pray for a return. solar flare that's going to, you know, burn, <laughs> yeah. burn the grid up. Okay. Oh. oh okay. Right. Yeah. Because that's, and then stop there. That's and, one yeah. of the millions of anxieties that right. the news has put out there that there's solar flares that are gonna cook our
1: cook all our cell phones. But so cook the cell phones and the and the grid.
0: Yeah, Keep the medical. Care keep the, high. I was gonna
1: say and not let planes crash or you know like, do other bad things. Well,
0: and, we could even we get could get rid of the planes? we could lose planes,
1: but just not while they're in the air, just ground. No,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. then we'll lose a couple right yeah. in that moment, but you know, very oh, small yeah, percentage. Yeah, We're wise. getting dark here. Okay. Yeah. But here's the thing. <laughs> um, you look at. There's certainly, and he talks, Sebastian Younger says, look, there's a lot of benefits here. I do like how he qualifies hmm. the book a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. He's not being naive. He, no, he recognizes oh, he there's just so naive. many benefits yeah. to modern medicine and food mm-hmm. supply stuff. But it's almost like if you could just keep the food supply and the medicine part and jettison the rest of it. Because the combustible engine is a wonderful invention that might end life as we know it on Earth, right? right. It, it's right. like a really complicated, a complicated thing. And so. Let me see where we're trailing back here. Help me out.
1: Well, I think one of the things I always think about is, like, if you had a time machine and you could travel back to a better time, Yeah. what What would it be? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, this is what I, you know, and you and I have grappled with this and argued about this before, sort of like, you know, and you tease me about being happy or optimistic, and I'm not sure that that's true, but, but I often think, like, you know, when... when when people like a Rousseau or someone's talking about a sort of a narrative of decline that, you know, things are getting bad and they you know, that's, it's never been worse. And, you know, we're going to hell in a handbasket. Can I say that?
0: Yep. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, not handbasket.
0: You can say hell, <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, that, you know, things are getting worse and worse and worse. I keep thinking like, all right, you know, so where would, if you had a time machine you could go back in time, when was it better? I'm, I'm not sure I'd go live 50 years ago or 80 years ago or 150 years ago. Um, you know, uh, in 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 this society or other societies as well. Um, so that's one of the challenges I have well, with, like, I with think, tribe and the you know romanticization, quote unquote, of Native American folks. It's sort of like it's sort of easy to say, oh, it would be great to be in that kind of connected society. But man,
0: I mean, well, I but I think one thing that you have to would kind of like grapple with is that life and death are can be very fast in those societies. Actually, yeah, but. Like that doesn't mean was, it's, well, yeah, yeah but that doesn't mean it's worse, though. Like, I do think Western society is obsessed with this idea that, I mean, I get it, that living is good, you know, because the alternatives have limited appeal, right, <laughs> to die. But, you know, we, we have a society, excuse me, <clears throat> as that extends life, that really tries to extend life as much as possible to a fault. To a crazy extent. Absolutely. I, you know, I don't, I don't and so, like, I mean, I think, uh, I think that, a lot of people could imagine themselves in the Navajo or Comanche or Apache society. and I mean, I think a lot of people did. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of Westerners did go into those societies. I don't know. I mean, you asked me, I would say five days ago. (laughs) <laughs> you know, in the, well, in the do, deserts in New of Mexico. New Mexico. Yeah, so I yeah. had a slice of pizza a couple minutes ago. Yeah, I had a little bourbon good. last night. Yeah. had some chocolate. I'm in a okay. cushy bed. Yeah, life's good. You know, I'm good to see my kids. That's probably the one thing. But I can grab them and go back to New Mexico, right? Climb up in the mountains. I always wonder this. Like, why am I not living off the grid? Why am I stuck in the madness of, and the valley is such a gentle place, right? But why am I stuck, like, going, dropping the kids off to camp and then going over here? Like, what am I doing? Yeah, but may, taking that leap, uh, you know, to, really to go into the forest, what, what what prevents me to do that? So here's the that's mm. the other question, and there's nothing preventing us from doing something like this, is there?
1: What is this? Well,
0: some starting the, a from, tribe from, from, uh,
1: some of the from because,
0: because this is where I is, actually think Sebastian Younger kind of like peters out. Like, and I've heard him talk; mm. he doesn't really have an answer that I've heard.
1: Yeah, the book cover. It's really interesting because the cover says, you know, this is the. Uh, um, please read this book because he has suggestions that will make us happier and healthier. And then also the, the the liner notes say something similar inside the book. And then I'm thinking, I read this, I don't remember the section where he says, here's yeah. how we get happier and yeah. you know,
0: healthier. I think um, he really identifies where a lot of the anxiety and sadness could be coming from. Right. But I think... It's a diagnosis without a prescription. <laughs> without a real prescription. And maybe, you know, I'm gonna, we're going to take a quick break and play some promos, etc. and a little bit of music. But maybe when we come back from that break, we can talk about... For a couple minutes, what that could look like. Okay. And really kind of blue sky it.
1: Well, you sure. know, build
0: some Incan roads somewhere, I think. You know. Do you know about good. the Incan roads? I, I, I was, the Incans would build roads. They, yeah. That was their version of pyramids, Right. Was to build these roads. Right. And they were really beautiful, Did elaborate roads. Often, no. Okay. And then when they were done with one after like 30 years, they'd build a road right next to it. <laughs> you know. And civilization's always dealing with excess labor. Right, and that's a really interesting thought, right there, is that the combination of religion and labor is a product of civilization. You know, a pyramid is what? A pyramid is excess labor with theology.
1: Right. So and, it gives the and the road is what?
0: Well, that I'd have to know a little <laughs> bit more about what the Incans were thinking. You know, because road that just nowhere. seems like excess labor. But maybe there was a theological conceit there, where we're building these roads for the god or gods above us you know and they're looking down on us because if you make someone build a pyramid it's a lot better if you tell them it's connected with the afterlife afterlife and stuff like that because otherwise you you sit there and future tourists well right 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 because otherwise you sit there and be like, you know, I was cool with building this giant thing before, but now you're telling me that you're just keeping me busy. I don't know if I'm all right with that. So, all right. So we're gonna, when we come back, we're going to blue sky it. Meanwhile, somebody out there is going to text us, 413-200-8186. Chime in the conversation, 413-200-8186. Are you happy in America? Do you feel connected in America? Do you want to join my cult when I start it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, because as I talked about with Waylon, my last chance at being a powerful person is to become a cult leader. That's my last shot. I'm not going to become a rock star. Yeah, and you, you'd, you'd,
1: you'd be a great cult leader. I think I'd, seriously, I'd, I have I think, some yeah. qualities. You, could, you should make a resume, like objective cult, at the top.
0: Yes, uh, to be a cult. Just start a cult. I mean, the one leader. thing I don't like is I can't really stand syncophantic behavior. I don't like it when people oh, blow I smoke on me. Yeah, but you're, you're light the, smoke. You're the best. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Thank you so much. (laughs) All right, we'll be back in a minute.